Prospects for Success podcast, where we bring you our thoughts on Prospect League Baseball. News, notes, opinions, and our favorite happenings. Thanks for joining us for episode 8. So the first half of the season is over. Uh, It actually ended at the end of the last game on July 4th. They split the season up into two, uh, basically five-week sections. Some of the teams played one or two more games than others, but... Uh, into the first half, end of July 4th, and the winner of the first half automatically makes it to the playoffs and hosts a one-game playoff for the, for the division. So let's take a look at which teams have already made it to the playoffs by winning their division in the first half. Okay, the first half winners in each division. First, the Ohio River Valley Division, the Chillicothe Paints. Woohoo! For... The Wabash River Division, the Danville Dams. The team I picked to win it all. The Great River Division, the Quincy Gems. And the team that I picked, the Alton River Dragons in the Prairie Land Division. Okay, so those teams, they already know. They can sell tickets now for that one playoff game. um, Because they know that that one playoff game is, at least that one playoff game for the division is going to happen. So let's try to figure out now which team is going to win the second half in those divisions. And if it's the same team, then who's going to have the second best record to actually make that second playoff spot? In the Ohio River Valley Division, I think the Paints are going to win it. Uh, In the Wabash River Division, I think um, either the Pistol Shrimp or the Terre Haute Rex are going to win it. In the Prairie Land Division, I think either Cape or O'Fallon. And in the Great River Division, I mean, come on. That's pretty obvious. Normal. Yeah, I'm, uh, I was a little surprised that Normal didn't... Uh didn't actually take the the first half in the in the Great River. Uh, Quincy really <laughs> turned it on um, to take that one. I'm for the uh, for the Ohio River Valley Division. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the Paints uh, to win the second half. I think of the other three teams, I I don't know. I just I have a feeling the Miners are going to have the second best record. Um, <laughs> As much as it yes. may hurt me to say so, <laughs> yes. um, I think the Miners are going to have the second best record, and they're going to get that. Pl- they're going to get that second playoff spot uh, for Wabash River. I I think the Illinois Pistol Shrimp are going to are going to take it. I think their schedule sets up real nice for them to uh, to play their best baseball and and get in uh, for the Great River uh, Division. I I got I'm going to go with Clinton. I think the Clinton Lumber Kings are going to be the uh, are going to be the uh, second half winners in the Great River, and then for the Prairie Land Division, I think the O'Fallon Hoots are really going to turn it on, and they are going to take the second half. Um, and so I, I just, and we'll talk a little bit more about why I think I think that is um, as we get to the the next segment. But um, so 
that's going to set up some really interesting first round matchups for that one game uh, division playoff. So we'll take a look uh, later on. We'll see how we do with uh, with those picks. But so far, the teams that we picked for the uh, that we the teams that we both thought was going to win the championship, they've already made it to the playoffs. So that's a good sign for them. And uh, this this format's really really interesting. I like how they set this format up. Um, to have a first-half winner and a second-half winner. The one thing that I don't like about it, though, um, I don't think the first-half winner should automatically have the home game. Yeah. I, I think it's fine that the first-half winner makes the playoffs. I think they should wait until the end of the season, and then you know, you've know you got your, your first-half winner, your second-half winner. Whichever... The better overall record. And that Yeah, that makes so much more sense to me, that the team that has the better overall record should get the home game. Um, now I, I realize that that's cutting it pretty close to the end of the season, um, to make sure that the facility is, is in use and, and all that kind of stuff for, for some of these places that, that they're not the only ones that are playing baseball there. But I, I just think it, it, it makes more sense from a, from a competition standpoint that they should, um, you know, that there should still be something to play for, uh, for those teams that win the, win the first half besides just making sure you've got it, you know, you're, you're in still in baseball shape you're still in baseball condition setting things up to to get to the second half uh, so that's uh that's our look at the first half division winners and what we think is going to happen for the second half let's also take a look we thought it'd be fun to, to stop and, and take a look at who who are your first half prospect league mvps and so we wanted to uh we talked about this for a little bit and we we looked through some of the some of the video and we looked through a bunch of the statistics and we were, we were exactly the same on three of these, but there was one where we, uh, where we separated a little, where we didn't quite agree. It's, it's kind of rare that we both agree on so much. So <laughs> this is, this is kind of interesting that we could, uh, that we would have so much uh, that we would uh, agree with on this one. Um, in the West, we we picked a a position player and a pitcher, um, but for uh, in the West for the position player, uh, our our first half MVP is is Patrick Loisey from the O'Fallon Hoots. He has just absolutely been crushing the ball. Uh, first half he's hitting four twelve, eight home runs, twenty six RBIs. He scored twenty five runs. Um, taking a look at uh, throw ten doubles in there uh and he has just absolutely been a, a, a terror at the plate and so patrick cloacy is our first half mvp uh, as a position player from the west our first half mvp in the west uh from the pitchers and this this is where i think you you may be onto something with your pick of the from the normal corn belters Bodie Gebbing has been uh, having a great season. And so if uh, if they can keep leaning on him uh to get them through some pretty important games, Normal could definitely uh could definitely make some make some noise in the second half. Uh so that uh, your your pick for for Normal in the second half I think leans a lot on Bodie Gebbing still having the same kind of year uh, in the second half that he was having in the first. In the East um, it was absolutely a layup for us uh, with pitching. Um, I early on uh, watching some of the watching a lot of the Paints games, I thought Nick Lolithan 
was going to be a strong contender for for the pitcher of the uh, for the MVP pitcher for the first half in the East, but it's really it's not even close. Wangju Kim from the Lafayette Aviators. We didn't get to see him pitch uh, when the Aviators came to Chillicothe, but he has absolutely um, done an incredible job. Uh, it's just it's like he's pitching from a you know from a, another world. Uh, he's only allowed what is it eight eight earned runs uh, on the season. His ERA is 2.08, best in the league. Uh, he's only allowed one triple in a league that has absolutely given up tons of triples. Um, th- like 13 strikeouts per game. He struck out 51 um, in his in, in his uh, 34 and two-thirds innings, uh, which even that's second in the league. So he's, I mean, he's a workhorse and he's just... And that is the thing that um, if they could, if if the Lafayette Aviators could make a run, and and actually make it to the to the playoffs, um, that one game, if Wangju Kim is pitching that one game for the Aviators, it would be really really tough to beat them. Now, uh, as far as position player in the East, though, we had a little bit of a, a disagreement on this one. I think it's Tim Orr from the Chillicothe Paints. He's played several different positions. He's played in the outfield. He's played first play, first base. He's played DH, and anywhere he, he plays, he he is he's not a he's not a negative asset at all in the field, um, wherever he plays. But he still just really produces big time on offense. You had another uh, player in mind for position player for the for the East though. Santrell Farmer for the Chillicothe Paints. He's an outfielder, a center fielder. He is quick. Whenever you need a play, like he'll be there. His stats are pretty good. Yeah, I his uh, his stolen base numbers are incredible. Um especially the way that the the way that the Paints like to run this year. Uh, Santrell Farmer is just a great player to have in, in that lineup with that kind of attack. Um, anything that gets, if he's playing center field, if he's playing right field, you know, anything that gets hit near where he is, he's cutting, he's cutting things down in the gap and turning doubles into singles. He's turning doubles into outs sometimes where he, you know, tracks down a, a fly ball and, and hauls it in. Uh, so, that part, I I totally get it. It's it's hard to it's hard to make an argument um, against either of these guys, but your yours is yours is going to go to Santrell Farmer. Mine's going to go to Tim Orr. And the fact that those two guys are on the same team just really uh, m- means a lot for how well the the Chillicothe Paints have played have played this year. So there's our there's our first half MVPs for the Prospect League, and if you have somebody else in mind, we would love to hear from you. Hello, this is Jack Lane from the Lafayette Aviators. I'm a third baseman. Listen, plain and simple, if you're looking for content that has to do with anything with Prospect League or anything that has to do with players that are interacting with the Prospect League, coaches, any drama that's going on between rivalries, you need to check out Prospects for Success. Check in today. Listen to the interview. Okay, now for something a little different. Uh, we wanted to talk just a little bit about uh, some of the different options that there are and what people like for where do you, where do you sit 
for a baseball? Where do you like to sit for a baseball game? Now, at, at Chillicothe, we sit along the third baseline. There are some reasons for that. Um, and some of it's just because of, you know, the view that you have. And some of it's just because of where, you know, the way the sun comes down on the field and, and not wanting to stare directly into the sun. And the people. And you know the people we get to the people we get to sit with uh, that have been sitting there for years is great. The fact that we're right next to the third base coaching box, so we can kind of you know yap with the uh, the third base coaches. We're right next to the visiting dugout. We can yap a little bit with the players from the visiting dugout. That's that gets pretty cool uh, sometimes, which we'll get into in a in our next episode uh, with a uh, player that we recently. Uh, got to got to chat with a little while during the during the game um but uh where is where is your where's your absolute favorite uh place to sit for a baseball game uh it depends on what stadium you're at to me like if we're talking when decay Epling stadium i like to sit right where the middle is because you could see that great mountain view uh, Carlton Davidson Stadium, where the Champion City Kings play. Um, that's a whole other conversation, but anywhere you sit, it the game's still going to be freaking terrible because it's like a wiffle ball stadium. Uh, yeah, uh, Carlton Davidson, <laughs> um, it is set up a little different. I First time we went there, I didn't realize it. Like, uh, we get in there and we get to our seats and we're like, man, we're like, we're like forty feet above the field. Uh, there were some lower seats behind behind home plate that were that were like you had to pay extra to, to get those and and um, it it really it, it really changes the whole fan experience when you've got the seats that are way up and they're kind of separated from the players. Um, that was cold. <laughs> the only fans that they have is their mascot. <laughs> That was a little bit savage. We'll talk about attendance figures in another episode <laughs> and how that's running. Um, and now, but usually there isn't any outfield seating um, in at these at these parks. There, there's plenty enough, you know, plenty of room to to get everybody in into into the infield. Now, when we go to we've gone to Reds games a few times, and we tend to like the you know the outfield seats, left field seats, or right field seats. Uh, to be able to to watch a game from, but yeah, that's that's not usually an option for these uh, uh, for these prospect league matchups. And so I'm I'm with you about Linda K. Epling. I, I like sitting a little bit offset from right behind home plate. That mountain view is is tough to beat. It's I know it's I've heard players say it's it's tough to play in, um, but man, it's it's a real it's a real nice view um, from the from the fan perspective. Um, and down that down that third base line just really opens up the whole game uh, for you, I think, and it uh, lets you see a lot of the field, and lets you see a lot of all the plays as they as they develop. So that's uh, that's pretty cool. That's our favorite places to sit. And if you've got a, a, a absolute favorite place that you like to sit uh, during a game, uh, check us out at, at prospectsforsuccess.org. Let us know what you think. All right, folks, thank you so much for joining us for this episode. We have a very special interview coming up for you for our next episode. And then Quentin and I are going to be packing our bags because we are headed for West Virginia. 
We are on our way to Beckley, West Virginia for a few games uh, to catch from Linda K. Upling Stadium, which is going to be, uh, that'll be fun. We get to see the, uh, get to see the Miners take on the Paints for a couple of games, and we get to catch an afternoon game with the Champion City Kings, where something else very, very important will be happening that we will uh, let you know about later on as well. But until then, thank you so much for joining us, and we will see you at the ballpark.